0: Hello Mavs Moneyball friends, welcome to Group Therapy. Here we come to you, somber and sad, after Game 7, losing to the Clippers, 126-111. to 111. Uh, It was a really a good game. Uh, the Mavericks weren't good enough, and the Clippers' talent won out. This is a series where there were a lot of missed opportunities, enough to be concerned, Uh, you know, I think we'll look back on this with a little bit of frustration, but it was just such an impressive, uh, performance overall that, that I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty positive and I'm not a positive guy. There's just a lot to look forward to in the future. There's some things which I think we all know are going to have to change, but for right now, um, you know, Let's just uh, go through this as best we can, and, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about big picture stuff in the coming days and weeks, so I don't want to hit on that too hard. I hope y'all don't mind. Um, and with that in mind, I'm going to start bringing up people we'll go through. Coming up first is my friend Brett. Uh, I
1: mean, frustrated and, like, disappointed, but also, I mean, like, if, like if you told me before the series thing.
2: Brett, your audio is
0: rough. I, I, Brett, I'm, yeah, your your audio God, is non-existent. Like, I'm sorry, friend. Like a,
3: like
0: a, like, Brett, you're gonna have to quit. Brett, yeah, all right. Sorry about that. His audio is just non-existent. What a great, you know, kind of oh, feels oh, like Game oh, Seven. Oh, oh. Uh, Brett, I, all right. It wouldn't even, let, think, me uh, kick, uh, it wouldn't even let me kick. Wouldn't even let me kick him out properly. Well, yeah, could you could you decline so that we can move on? I can't I can't remove you from the stage. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a start. Alright, coming up next, Sam. Sam Okay, Kirk. So
3: I'm going to go through three things the Mavs should do this offseason.
0: Number one I'm gonna kick you off stage Donnie already. I, I, I said I didn't want to do this. That's okay. Go ahead. N- number two.
3: Hopefully, get a rim protector. And number three, actually number two, get a, a player that can take off some pressure off Luca. And number three, get a rim protector because our defense is horrible in the paint and it just just defenders overall.
4: Because right,
0: right,
3: okay, I'm I'm i out of words, man.
0: That's okay. It's, okay. it's a loss. You're not. A, you don't don't worry about it, buddy. I I I tend to agree with your priorities where. Something has to change, and we're gonna find out what it is. I just don't know what those things are right now. There's a lot on the table, is what I will say. And and what those priorities are, the Mavericks need to figure this out. Because when you have a top three player in the league, a first round exit can't happen. Is my thought.
3: And so. you know, I don't I don't care what anybody says. I I mean this man Luca is is he's, I, I think he's top five. I don't think it's arguable. I think it's arguable to put him in top three, but he is top five. I don't sure. understand why people would think he's not top five. I mean, that, that's what most people would think. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, this guy is the early LeBron. He's the LeBron, but not as athletic, but he still is LeBron.
0: But yeah, in his early
3: days. He's old. Anyhow,
0: all right. Well, you got anything else for us, my guy?
3: Well, um, okay. Uh, I saw people in the chat talking about, if this was any other GM in the NBA, they would get fired by tomorrow. And I hope Brian Nelson gets fired tomorrow. Well, see you, Kirk.
0: Have a good night, buddy. All right. Coming up next, Kelly. How you doing, Kelly? Pretty yeah. good. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you.
5: You know, I'm just sick and tired of going through these half-assed centers over the years. I mean, like Samuel D'Alembert, Chris Kamen, Nerland's Noel. I mean, like, the list just goes on, man. Like, the last guy was saying wh- about the rim protector thing. I mean, we need that. We need we need so much more. We need a guy off the bench. Like, I would love a Bobby Portis type of guy, you know. Um, even, like, if we could somehow scam the Pelicans and, and snag a, a Sam Adams uh, or Stephen Adams. Um, You know, it's just upsetting. It's just upsetting to see us go down like this. Uh, we did exceed expectations, I think, because I don't think we were, we were that as good as people said we were. Um, yeah. We have a great we have a great superstar in Luca, of course, but uh the supporting cast, like how how good are they realistically?
0: Real good. Yeah, yeah. I was I really I've always enjoyed this Clippers team. Like I was with a bunch of Lakers um friends whenever uh the Kawhi George uh uh Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard Paul George news broke and it was like being in a funeral that I was happy to be at, um, because they were yeah. so upset. But so you know, it's like like losing to them twice in a row doesn't feel anything other than like holy crap, they're very good at basketball. So I'm not really sure yeah. what to do with this one. Um, uh, they're
5: a I lot was, of work to do. I was gonna rip my hair out watching us play against Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I wanted to see us move on. We haven't won a we haven't won a series since the the championship season. Uh, right. Last last game seven I watched was the Vince Carter Spurs series. I think it was like 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But um, it was nice to watch a series. I'm not going to lie. It was nice to watch a full series. At least we're not the Knicks. We're not, you know, we're not one of these shitty Eastern Conference teams. We did take them to seven. And I think we honestly are, are, are a pest. Are, we're we're like a pest in their house that it's like the Clippers are trying to get this pest control on us. And they, they didn't even get it till game seven. So I do think we, we gave him a lot of trouble throughout the series. We just didn't capitalize in the end. Um, Porzingis, you know, he'll take a lot of heat, of course. Um we just don't have a center we, we really don't have like an established center we of course need other pieces maybe like an experienced point guard we could use like a, a nice small forward off the bench of course like a Jake crowder type of guy but um i'll give other people in this chat chance to speak but i appreciate you bringing me up man sure, and it was, sure. it was a fun season it was a great season man it was a, it was a sure. nice season and i hope you sure. enjoyed it I, I definitely enjoyed it myself
0: I did too. I see we have a, a fair number of uh, Clippers fans that have joined the chat, and I'm glad that you're having fun. Um, you know, enjoy the victory. It's, yeah. it's something that doesn't happen as, as often as you might think, as, as the Clippers ran into last year, because they're a good basketball team. Um, I would appreciate it if you didn't come, like, actually troll the chat, like, or troll the, the audio, because if you do that, you need to go look in the mirror and figure out what kind of big fucking loser you are.
6: All right, coming up next, Sean. How are we doing, Sean. I mean, this game gave me a headache.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, their shooting finally returned. Like, I kind of made peace with that by, like, middle of the second quarter. Because they were shot, for like, 41.1% from three in the regular season. And they had been shooting under 30 in a couple of games, and then, like, to 35 for the series. Like, they were, like, it was, they were It was, dude. like, 31% for
6: their yeah. Game. It, it, was, mean, they, it was stupid
0: like Mavericks has just been kind of getting away with murder on some of these open jump shots. And that was going to be the story if they won in game seven, where it was just like, man, the Clippers just regressed at the wrong time. Only they, you know, they, they finally caught it. And, and cause like Luke Kennard, when he was missing shots, I'm sitting here thinking this, this can't like the Mavs have to escape with this. Cause Luke Kennard is a great shooter.
6: Yeah. They went so. like four, three or four minutes where it was just like a four point game, but the Mavs weren't taking advantage of it. And it was just kind of like, I see where this is going.
0: <sighs> yeah, the the get the obviously the tide turned. It was eighty one seventy six, and the Clippers went on a twenty two to four run. Um, that was the stretch where Luca looked like he had like eaten a cheeseburger at halftime, and they just started doing dumb stuff on offense and weren't able to hit because the Clippers defense really ramped up. Um, and it was you know just just kind of beyond that the game was over. And I mean, they're, Dallas, they're a good
6: team. Like yeah. eventually they will adjust. Yeah.
0: I never, I was, I don't know, I probably talked a little shit after game two, but I was never really like, this is, you know, the Mavs role players are on the same level as as theirs. I'm like, no, this is not a thing. Like, Luke Art is glued to the bench and would be like the Dallas seventh man. So it was
6: just one yeah. of those things. I mean, the one, the, the couple positives that I will take away from this series is, one, Luke is awesome. Like, he, he put on an absolute show this entire series.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: And, you know, there, there's really not much else to say about Luca. He's, yeah. he's amazing. Well, I really but... like,
0: like, I've always really liked watching Kawhi Leonard just, like, play basketball because, like, strong players, like, physically strong players are, are just impossible to deal with in the NBA. And the way he moves dudes with little forearm shivers and is able to create the kind of space to just rise and fire. Like, you know, Dallas guarded them with two undrafted guys. What did they think was happening I don't know. What are you going to yes. do?
6: And the second one, you know, I'm actually really glad that KP looked pretty decent the last three games. You know, movement-wise, you know, he. There, there's other things we can talk about with that. But movement-wise, this is the best he's looked all season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: And, you know, he, he's healthy, we think, unless they're relying on He finished, on the, their, season their, yeah. he finished yeah. the season
0: healthy. Yeah. He finished the season healthy.
6: You know, you, you still oh, look for well. trades, but if there's not one there, I am interested to see what a full off season looks like.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I I am looking forward to that. It's going to be a short off season, so we'll get right back at it relatively soon.
6: But can't wait to talk about the off season at another date.
0: Yeah, that, no, we'll really definitely. Oh uh, yeah, thank thank you for that, Sean. We'll 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 come back to the off season at some point um yeah. all right so so just uh just for that just so people are know, knowing like i don't know i don't really want to talk too big picture future stuff if there's stuff from the game stuff from the post game like um like like mac angle asking rick carlisle if he's the right coach for the job that's a fun one um you know just like that sort of stuff is is always kind of interesting but the the stuff from the game is good and that you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what's going on here um all right coming
2: up next
0: is michael how you doing michael
2: Oh, man. That was a crazy game. Uh, Honestly, and I'm going through this as an Eagles fan, uh, the closing of an era. Like, at some point, we got to put 2011 away and put it to bed. Like, I remember at one point, a reporter asked a question during the year, asking Luca questions about 2011, and he shouldn't have to answer those. Yeah. That was a strange thing. It's like he was 12 years old. Yeah. I'm not – I don't know if we should fire Rick or he move up or whatever, but somewhere we got to close that air and move on to the next. And that's basically all I got.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the Rick Carl stuff, I think, is going to become the uh, early off-season kind of story. If, if, if we, you know, narrative, like the Mavs won't comment on it at all. And I think because basketball season's over, football season's next, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of a hard pivot from the local media to kind of like Rangers and Cowboys stuff. But I do think that'll kind of hover in the background. But the Mavericks are so difficult to cover um, because they just don't let anything out. You know, right. that, that's why Porzingis, Porzingis has been kind of entertaining to cover because that dude just goes off script. Um, even, you know, his, his, uh, his quotes tonight were were pretty good, but it's the sort of thing that like just stirs questions. Whereas almost all the other Mavs guys, like we played a great game out there, you know, there's just, we got to hit more shots, like nothing really. And so it's like by, so, so Mac angle and asking this, it's a, it's a solution in search of a problem in my opinion, because I think if you give Rick Carl limited players, you get limited results. But if you have a really, really good player like Luca, you kind of have to do all right, where are the problems? It, it You know, you can't just write everything off and say, no, nah, this guy's good enough. I get it. That's going to be part of the deal. Um, there, there's just a lot going on there. It, it, you know, you can, you can go through the roster. You know, I see somebody mentioning that we're stuck with KP. I, I think that that <laughs> is probably true. Um, there's, there's just stuff with
2: this. So, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining. Do you have anything else? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a coworker who's a big-time Knicks fan. And okay. he always he always says this one thing about KP. He talks about he says a uh, he went to the mellow school of uh, being a player, and I'm starting to understand what that means. Like if he got the Portland version of, me- of mellow, KP might be a little more humble. Yeah. About his position.
0: Yeah. But no.
2: But I you know just on KP, I do think he had a
0: better game tonight. I, I really, really do. He was moving like a terrifying 7'3 athlete, so I was at least pleased to see that. Um, so maybe there's, you know, he finished the offseason healthy. Maybe there's something there for next season, you know? Who knows? Right. So. Well, thank you, Michael. Yes, sir. All right. Coming up next, I'm going to bring up Ant, who has a cool green check mark. How you doing? Yo, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm okay. You know, I, I had to write about the game, and when I – when I write, I don't get as mad when I'm just like watching it. I have nothing to do. I become like a, a
7: fucking lunatic, but this, I hear you. I hear you. So like as an outsider looking in, um, I I don't think Carlisle's the issue. Honestly, man. Um, I think your front office needs to do better in the, better in the draft. I just don't think that, you know, they're just not doing a good job. Like, Outside of Luka, like, Tyrell Terry, what did he do? Josh yeah. Green, Isaiah Roby, Shake Milton. Jalen Brunson was a good hit. I will say that. <laughs> um, Dennis Smith Jr., A.J. Hammonds. I mean, Justin
0: Anderson. <laughs> You're getting into the, the – the, they've been bad at that sort of stuff for a long time.
7: Kelly Olenek. I mean, there's you – know, you know,
0: Kelly's still in the league, but like – if you look at what oh, they traded him for a worse player. They traded him for Shane Larkin. It's
7: un it is <laughs> it's it's unreal. But then like you look at that that trade swap with Trey Young and Luca, right? Yeah. Look what the Hawks did around Trey. They drafted oh, Kevin Herter. They drafted DeAndre Hunter. They drafted Cam Reddish. They they get um they get Okongwu. They get guys. Um, Like, like, they're, a team. Like a they're not a Collins. money ball.
0: They're not a per, like, like, the Hawks are a team of talented NBA players. The Mavericks are a money balled, like, attempt at, at, at filling in in cute ways with undrafted guys and trying to say, because the, their big plan was saving for Giannis and that blew up in their face. It was stupid. You um, can't do that in the league. You can't do that in the NBA. The NBA is a different
7: monster. Throw analytics out the way. You need to get someone who really understands the value of some of these guys. You can't put numbers on these players because it is it is a league where it's so free-flowing. And a player can change his value just based off of the other team just knowing their weakness. So it's, it's – I don't think you can moneyball basketball. You can moneyball – Baseball, because it's more controlled, right? Yes. You start with the pitcher. You know what I mean? That's where you start every single time. Then you have guys in the field, and that's it. With soccer, I, in my opinion, it's more controlled. I, I just read a super dope story the other day with a guy, how he moneyballed soccer out in Europe because they value opportunities in these low-scoring games, zero zero. No, we're playing in the hundreds of the best athletes in the world and I just think the front office, um, I'm not going to go as far as to say needs to be gutted, but there needs to be some changes on approach when it comes to the NBA draft. I'm just looking at the last seven years, and it's just
0: miss. No, miss, it's been bad. It's, it's Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic cover up for like 20 years of mistakes. It's really maddening. But I, I really? very much am, am, am into this. And apparently, so Tim, Tim McMahon just posted a story. That like Cuban is like, it's, it's like Rick is saying, what are you guys even talking about? So at that point, it leads to something different, because I, I have been of the position, you know, I part of why I really, people started, you know, listening to me is because I yell back at the mats. like, I don't buy their bullshit. And they, they've been selling a line from Donnie Nelson for like three or four years now that's very frustrating. Because I I 100% agree with you that this is front office based stuff, but I at least want to give some credence to why people are frustrated with Rick because it's hard like Josh Green and their rookies it's this is weeds for for at this point but who cares the season's over um they didn't play the rookies because Rick Carl won't play the rookies and so there's like that's a good question why isn't he playing some guys more you know you, it, but it's like the the front office is the team that had that signed Trey Burke to a three year deal. And Trey Burke, who should not have played in an NBA, you know, uh, game seven. It's pretty. It's it's very frustrating for me. But I don't know. You know, there's a. I'm loath to constantly be the guy that shits on everything because at a certain point people stop listening to me. But <laughs> I agree with you.
7: Right. Um. Okay. And I just sent out a sent out a text to get this guy Trey banned out of your room. So don't worry about that. I'll get that done and. Taken care of and all that, but um, I do appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm not so much of uh, an NBA guy. I'm more of the college, and I'm more of um, more college and like high school basketball, whether it's recruiting sure. or breakdowns and all that stuff. But I do enjoy the NBA. I'm a big Lamelo La- La- fan, and I love the Hornets be- because of that. So he's that's so a- fun.
6: That's oh my a-
0: god, he's fun. Have a, uh,
7: um. A hornets logo there but i do appreciate you bringing me on uh i'll go ahead and send out another text to to uh to, to get that guy
0: right i prefer like like normal trash talk and people trolling me that's fun but like spamming the chat how boring all yeah, right just, thank
7: you aunt that's being a weirdo <laughs> i'll see you
0: have a good have one Have a good man. one all right coming up next i'm gonna bring up tim tim how you doing you muted yourself already tim what hey, hey there sorry there? sorry
8: how you doing Hey, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, You know, um, a couple of silver linings about the way we lost this series, I guess, um, is that, you know, I think I agree with probably most people in the chat that the front office has, you know, probably, you know, they're probably the ones that we got to lay blame on for not being quite where we want to be first and primarily. Uh, And I think the way that we, like, lost this series illustrates that team building is like a glaringly obvious problem um, in a way that hopefully wakes up the front office and makes them reevaluate how they have put this thing together and what kind of players they want to bring in. Um, And then the second thing I'll say is that KP made it through a seven game series without getting hurt. Um, It's really important and ended the season uh, healthy uh, you know, healthy and air quotes. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, if he I was worried every game that he was just going to like fall down, fart and fall and tear his knee up or something like that didn't happen. Uh, It's kind of like a sad thing to be happy about, Um, because it's kind of a low, low expectation, low floor. But if he had gotten hurt, this offseason would have been a catastrophe before it even started. So, uh, we have a little bit more flexibility with that, and hopefully this this season or this series was a wake up call for the front office and in a way that you know they can prevent Luca from leaving in five years i don 't know but yeah uh yeah, I mean also like in terms of player in t- in terms of team building like we give Reggie Jackson uh like a lot of shit <laughs> um over the over the past year or so for like sure. getting clowned by Luca. But that dude would probably be on any given night the second best player on the Mavs roster. <laughs> he really might be. I mean his like,
0: confidence is 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 incredible. His the shots he took and made tonight were some big time baskets.
8: Yeah. Just huge threes. Huge. And um so I mean that's that that that's kind of like what this Mavs team is. Like yeah. on any given night, Reggie Jackson could be the second best player on the team. Uh, And you can't get, you can't make a playoff run if that's the situation. You just can't. And um, so hopefully uh, you know, this was a wake up call to the front office and the organization and, and they start making some decent moves, but right. Right. Well, Tim,
0: I think you just helped me identify why I'm not super mad. Um, It's because I've been here for quite a while and everyone is just now arriving with me. Um. And I, I, it would have been much more, it would have been preferable to me that I was wrong with my fire going back to 2019 with what the Mavericks have done in, in off seasons. Unfortunately, I was correct. Unfortunately, I've been correct about Porzingis the entire time. I, I, there's just, you know, and Luca has, has raised the floor. Um, he He's really, really changed things if Luca got like let's say Luca had gone down to, like an injury at some point, a lot of this would have been readily apparent to many, many people. But you get into the playoffs and you play like the clippers are just you know i I would have thought that the clippers exposed Dallas's problems last year uh because this series played out in a very similar fashion, only you know. I guess they went out and, and felt that they made some changes James Johnson who just didn't you know was, he was a chip but he was so bad they had to move on from him and and you yeah. know anybody that says anybody that kind of argues about James Johnson if we're debating James Johnson we have the thread is already gone because like James Johnson yeah. <laughs> is bad enough Well is yeah that's
8: not too that was like the the group the group therapy the other day, everybody was like, oh, maybe we should play Trey Burke or give Boban 40 minutes. Like, okay, if y'all are having these conversations, like, we're going to lose game mm-hmm. seven. Like, <laughs> that's right. the whole point. The, but I don't know. I think last year, like, um, you know, KP got injured and everybody said, yes. oh, well, if KP had gotten had stayed healthy, they would have won. We would have had you guys if we would have had KP. Well, we were healthy. We had KP and we still, yep. lost. still lost. So right. no excuses. Got to get better players.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, Herb just asked a question. I don't understand how Josh uh, Josh Green didn't get any minutes. Um, it's because he's a rookie, and had they would have ISOed him, and he would have had like nine fouls almost immediately. I know that that's not fair, but if a guy doesn't get PT in the regular season, he's not going to get PT in the playoffs is, is kind of the bottom
8: line. Well, thank you, Tim. You got anything else? No, I'm good. I'll save my uh, off-season, uh, off-season uh, plans and schemes for uh
0: well, today's Sunday. We'll be—I need a couple of days off. We'll be cracking midweek on this. All right, so bring the fire. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming up next, Jordan from another continent. What's happening?
9: Oh, not much. You know, I'm actually like, so I was really mad during that fourth quarter, and I've kind of backed off a little bit. Um, I just want to warn everyone that. Pain is going to happen this offseason, but it might be good pain. Because we can't, uh, you can't improve without giving up something. Like, we're not trading, like, Josh Richardson for a good player right now. We're not trading, you know, KP and getting back, like, a first and a star. That's not how this is going to work. If we're going to improve, it's going to involve giving up players that we are really attached to. Or uh, it's going to involve eating salaries that we don't want. So... Be ready for a little bit more pain before things start getting better. It's like working out. Hurts at first, but things get better. So sure. hopefully we should be okay. Um, I am a little worried. Uh, personally, I'm kind of like having a mini freakout because I think the logical thing to do is trading Dorian uh, mm-hmm. because he's 28. Um, yeah. And I hate that idea, Sure, but I think it's the logical thing to do. So I'm a little worried yeah. about that. But pain is coming. We're going to lose somebody that we love. Yeah. Um, and this and the season just it there were a lot of things that went wrong and we still took the Clippers to seven games. Like literally Josh Richardson was the worst possible version of Josh Richardson that could have come out.
0: Shout out to his uh 10 turnovers and 11 field goals that series. Yeah. Um
9: you know, JJ Redick being injured when we traded for him.
0: Uh yeah.
9: like there there were so many different things that just, you know, this was the worst possible situation with these different things. So yeah. we just kind of got to re, redo it, you know. Well, uh, I don't think you know, this every, team is as bad as they looked.
0: I'll say this. So anybody that's super old, and, and by that I mean was kind of around in the pre-Twitter era. That's how I classify super old. I have one follower who, who yelled at me, <laughs> and she, the the person made a point of saying, you're not old, you're making me feel ancient. But I will say it's like if you were around before the, the – the transitional or transactional era of the NBA. So, like, Mm -hmm. anything before 2008 to 2009, I guess. Um, We just didn't know some of the stuff that happens now. Like, we weren't in on it. And so, like, when the Mavs lost, when the Mavs moved on from Steve Nash, like, Twitter would have been on fire. And so, like, they completely remade their entire team after Steve Nash moved on. And then when you kind of look at the Mavericks from there, they, they again remade their team after the 2007 season when they fi- where was it? Oh, no, it was 2010 when they finally moved on from Josh Howard. Um, this just happens. Yeah. You, you run into iterations of teams and this is going to happen. And now, so there's some, some coaching. There's some questions about coaching. There's some questions about, you know, it's just this happens. And honestly, it should be a little easier because Luca is the hard part. I just I can't get over yes. this. Like I need to emphasize that to people who love players, and it's worth pointing out because I had this happen last year where these fans are like, "We can't move on from Maxie and Dorian." What are you talking about? Sorry, guys. Like I love these guys too, but sometimes I love them. It's it's a it's a temperamental love. <laughs> um, it, it's it, it that sort of thing. It, it, it just is part of the league, and when you have the hard guy, you move everything like heaven and earth to make everything else fit.
9: So, yeah, and like some of. I I think that some of our players might have more value to other teams than they do to ours. Um, That was the,
0: that was the goal behind the Richardson trade.
9: Right. Yep. And uh, like Dorian, I think might be one of those. I've heard a lot of people saying that there might be teams offering, you know, a first round pick for Dorian. Like if that's the case, I think we need to roll the dice, but uh, even though it hurts, Um, Because I've I've been pretty much Dorian's biggest fan on this. So, like, I get it. Um, I do. The last thing I want to say is just I'm glad that Mark Cuban came out out in front of this and uh, was not insane and just absolutely squashed that from the beginning because that had been my biggest fear was that Rick was going to get canned uh, even though he didn't do anything wrong.
0: So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I'm already feeling more optimistic good just That's because of that one thought, thing. you know we we, we talk we got to talk about these things it's good we're in a good place it could be worse
9: yes so.
0: <laughs> definitely <laughs> all right well thank you jordan you have a good night all right you too okay and if you still hear yourself in the audio sometimes the background of the app doesn't like let people leave the room so like if remove yourself if i don't by accident because sometimes it lets me and sometimes it doesn't anyways thanks guys uh dalton richardson what's nothing how are you just you know sitting here
1: i just want to first start off with ain't no worse feeling than having your team eliminated by reggie jackson
0: sure sure
1: but at least Kawhi was in God mode for a
0: huge chunk of the series. I feel like we, you know, we were beat by good, a very good basketball team.
1: Yes, that is true. I didn't really have much, too much faith in us beating them again. I mean, beating them this season. Yeah. And I don't want to be a, too much of a Debbie Downer, but along with the Rick Carlisle thing, I think that he could have had a little bit more hands on approach instead of just letting everything play with the flow of the game. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I understand what you mean. You got anything else? uh, uh,
1: Yes, actually. I think the, (coughs) Oh, sorry.
0: Not a problem. I think
1: the main problem with the, actually not the main problem. I think this, outcome of this season and this series was probably the best outcome for our long-term health and our long-term future, because getting into the second round, obviously the best goal is to win the championship and everything, but for best long-term outcome, having us getting to the second round, the conference finals, and then losing there, we might have some misconceptions about the team that we have built, even though... Most of us can see that the problems with this roster are blatantly obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It would have been – getting to the second
0: round would have been justification. And I I will use a comparison point because Terry Stotts just got fired. And them making the – was it Western Conference Finals a couple years ago? Yes. Was very, very bad for their long-term outlook because they just got blanked. The next several years while being a terrible defensive team and it justified their crappy GM uh, decision-making which he sucks. Neil O'Shea sucks. And you know, Terry Stotts took the butt end of it and, and that's, that's just kind of how these things go. And that's why, you know, like using like Travis Shank as a comparison point in Atlanta, his ass was on the line this year because they passed over Luca. And what they did is they went out, spent actual money, got actual NBA players, and now I think they're the favorites to. I'm looking. I would look at them at the finals at this point. I would take them with Brooklyn. I'm excited. Like watching them is crazy. Is crazy. So it's it's just you need a wake up call. And I'm you know I'm approaching this. I'm not, I'm not going to be partisan. Is my, well I, that's not true. I'll do my best to not be partisan because I really like Rick Carlisle. Uh, I'm tired of Donnie, uh, frankly. But that you know we all have our people that we enjoy. But the bottom line if you if you have Luca everything else is is rather secondary and I know you have to build a team and there are a lot of Maz fans out there that are like that that really like stand for players and I get it but it's it, I just, I'm gonna repeat it ad nauseum Luca's the hard part everything else it, you know he makes them a quasi contender by existing everything
1: oh yeah I agree and my last point that I want to talk about is uh the reason why we didn't have too many big changes this past off season was because we didn't really know what we had. Jalen Brunson was hurt last before postseason. Dwight right. Powell was hurt. Willie really didn't even go to the bubble. I think this off season is where we have major changes because we know what we have.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. This is this is something to where it'll be. It seems like the pressure is on now and hopefully in a productive way. Um, I'm looking forward to having these conversations and debating and having a good time with you all. And and the thing that, that I do think we should all constantly remind ourselves is that none of what we say matters outside of, I think, demanding more from the team as customers, okay? the specific things no one will ever give a shit when any of us have to say uh nothing was was funnier than when rick carl when tim cato worked for mavs moneyball when rick carl like you know made fun of one of his columns or it was just like so clear that they just have disdain for our thinking and that's fine they're the experts they can do what they want anyhow um dalton thank you for coming up these are all really good points thank you all right you have a good night okay coming up next gabriel what's happening the audio going to work for you, Gabriel? Maybe not. All right. Um, Try to come back up and I'll let you up next. All right. Coming up next is my friend Paymon, who sadly doesn't have my high school photo up as your uh, profile picture. The audio also not going to work for you. It's okay. Try and rejoin. Um, coming up next
4: is
0: Gabriel again. Let's try this. Gabriel, is the audio going to work?
4: Yeah. we're fine now. All so, right. So hey, what's up, Kirk? Just a
0: little, you know, a little Sunday night action. I'm going to get to go to bed before three in the morning. I, I, I must
4: admit, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, these late games have been just murderous. What? Yeah. So, so the note we've 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 been banging on for the last three years has finally reached its. Culmination. The Dallas Mavericks have a bottom five front office in this league.
0: Yeah, I'll put them bottom ten because you know there's something to be said for for for, for identifying Luca that he was good, but uh, you know, I
4: don't. Know. Yeah, but, I, I, I I don't I, I don't actually agree with with those takes because look, Donny might might be a, a sensational scout, but okay. Congratulations for for finding finding out that Luka is great but <laughs> right you you can go be a scout but you're you suck at being a GM. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully attention will get drawn to the fact that I feel like the Mavericks despite being his job are not his only job. Anybody that lives in the Dallas area, like the man has business interests in everything. He owns the Legends outright, which I can't emphasize enough is weird. It is weird. They should be a subsidiary of the Mavericks. And, you know, what? anyhow, I don't want to get off on a, too much of a tangent about Donnie, but I, I do – I just think that they need to demand more. He didn't go to TCU games. They didn't scout Desmond Bain. You know who might have helped in that series? Desmond Bain. Uh. Yeah,
4: coming, coming back to the Atlanta uh, planet stuff – uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich would be would fit like a glove to this team. He's Luca's he, actual
0: he, friend too.
4: Yeah, he, he might he might not be a, a prototypical pro, 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 wing defender, but he's a he's been really good as a help defender, and everything else he does would fit like a glove on this team. Yeah, and guess what, guys? He was signed for way less than Tim will be this offseason. That's true. That's true. That's very, very true. Oh,
0: man. Well, thank you, Gabriel. Do you got anything else? No, that,
4: that's that's all. Thank I you, appreciate Kirk, you for having up. me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for hanging out this season.
4: Thank All you. right.
0: Coming up next, we're going to go Lyndon. Lyndon, how are we doing? Got to hit that unmute button. You're going to be mad tonight. I can feel
10: it. Hello? Hey, Kirk. Uh, you know, just, I'm, I'm indifferent, you know, I'm disappointed. Some of the stuff I felt just definitely came through the offensive philosophy. Like I said, from the beginning, is just dumb. It's just dumb. And you and I both agreed. We're like, this is only competitive if Luka goes supernova and you and I both agreed. That's not, that's not any, that's not a winning strategy. That's just silliness, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think you'll appreciate this. I just wrote – I wrote in the recap that if Luca insists on playing, uh, you know, the, the very – where he has the ball all the time, he needs to not look exhausted. I know it's not fair to ask more of him right at the moment. Yeah. But I am going to ask more for him in the seasons to come. James Harden, in 2014, I remember how gassed he looked playing against <laughs> the Blazers. Maybe it was, it was earlier in 2014. But it was like one of those series where he didn't play any defense – and the big thing for him has to be—he got in unbelievable shape where he was just playing mm-hmm. forty plus minutes all the time. That's mm-hmm. like Luca's a, a tank like that. He's gonna get. He's gonna be. Be you know. He'll he'll figure that out eventually.
10: And, and he's and he's taller than Harden, so there is more upside to this than Harden. Ooh, that's right? a spicy take. But- I like. I I believe so because Luca is a tank like Harden, but he's taller, longer arms. So there's there's I think there's more defensive upside and offensive upside, right? But I see a lot of Mavs fans looking at this some like some there's some more of like a feeling of like consolation prize because of the competitive competitiveness of it. But I I believe that the Thunder of the past and many other teams of the past have taught us. There's, winning is the only thing that matters, right? NBA life is too short to be guaranteeing next year. I, I remember it makes me laugh whenever I listen to Tim Cato's podcast and he plays that weird song at the end where the guy is like, future four-time MVP. And I'm like, that, that, that's so, like, you know how hard that is just winning one ring, winning one MVP, how everything has to line up? So I think the urgency in the front office should be way more strong. I think, I'm sorry, I'm ranting a little bit, but, um, giving away, giving away any level of flexibility for someone who lacks versatility as much as Chris Porzingis does was short-sighted. It was a time in the NBA, but that time has passed. Someone is limited, uh, as Porzingis, in terms of perimeter, the de- defense is a major prob- problem in the NBA playoffs, and it shouldn't be overlooked. That was a bad decision. It, it, okay, fine. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but it was not the it, it was the wrong decision, and we have to come to grips with that. Also, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a good series, but I really do think it is risky to pay someone who's as streaky a shooter and as garbage defensively as Tim Hardaway Jr. is. But I feel like the maps are trapped. Hello. Kirk? Oh, you're muted, Kirk. But um I have another point. Um the Pelicans trade was horrendous. And my phone locked up. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, the Pelic the, the Pelicans trade was horrendous. Horrendous now. Because even though we lost James Johnson and Wes Wundu, right? Fine. They weren't good. They weren't good at basketball. That's fine. But you gave away a pick for two players that are not NBA players anymore. J.J. Redick is wishful thinking. He's not an NBA player anymore. He's finished. Right? Also, I think that this roster only has one legitimate starter, and that is Luka Doncic. I think everyone else on this roster can be a sixth man or lower on a good NBA team. I really do believe that.
0: Well, Luka's a floor elevator, and I, it's why I feel so bad getting frustrated with, like, Dorian, who is so – Excellent, man. So excellent. Like Maximize could,
10: his potential, bro.
0: I could kill him every time he dribbles, but everything else, I'm just like, yeah, this guy. Like, those offensive rebounds to help keep Dallas in it. Three in a row, Kurt. Ah, just hard. That's hard, man. It's beast mode shit. That's pure effort and like will, and also you know getting in the right spot. Just I just loved it. Uh, uh, uh. And but you're right because I've you know Jonathan Charks, who uh, you know everybody should be still be thinking about. He's undergoing chemo this week, I believe. Um, told me last year he goes the Mavericks are only going to go as far as Dorian Finney-Smith takes them. And unfortunately, that was true because he had a good game one, and he was dog shit in games two through six. And Mm -hmm. he had a better game seven, but the man still had four turnovers. You can't have a player who doesn't dribble have four turnovers. And it's Mm -hmm. just that that's what that's the sort of stuff that you're talking about, where you go line by line, clipper by clipper, and they were guarding two of the best wing players on the planet with undrafted guys. Mm. That stinks.
10: Mm. Well, and Kirk, um, I just I I think I, I joined kind of late but I heard um you and another guy talking about the maps mon- the, the the moneyball ethos yes. and I think it's it's getting to the point where that strategy is becoming like almost embarrassingly silly now.
0: Oh yeah, heral about needs to needs to not. Like he's a big part of this problem whose name is never involved <laughs> in this and uh, I shouldn't say that. I oh, I believe he would be a big part of the problem because he's a mm-hmm. big numbers and and margins guy. That's how he made the all gambler. his money as a gambler. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
10: mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's getting embarrassing, and silly, and I really do think that Mark Cuban is making a big mistake. Right where the front office is not about production anymore; it is simply about relationships. Yeah. Uh, and and Luka Doncic was born in 201999 he is not as invested in Donnie Nelson as Mark Cuban is and i really do believe Donny Nelson and crew can be a, a major problem going forward for the 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 the, yeah. the the growth of this roster but also the preservation of this generational supernova i have yeah. my doubts about Luka But when I tell you Luca One is a big game player, that's like another thing. When you're an amazing talent, but when you're also like a fearless, confident player, it's like it's 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 like a shooting star type stuff. And I really do and I do believe that a player of this magnitude will be wasted if there's not a level of like um, full understanding of how to build a roster, but also a respect of versatility and viability in the NBA, man. I, I'm i so disappointed in, in, in the higher-ups and so proud of the roster because they, I feel like almost everybody except for like Josh Richardson and KP, maximized what they could do. Like they gave their all. Luca, Dorian, Chimara Jr., these people, even Boban. They really, really maximized what they could do. And... It's, dis- it's not even disappointing because this is supposed to happen. Sure. You know, I really do think this is not a good sign for the future, Kirk. I'm not as positive about the future as other guys, man. Because MVPs go to teams that are winning. MVPs come from teams that are winning except for except for Russell sure. Westbrook. Unless Luka plans to average a quadruple-double,
0: yeah.
10: it's winning, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff. I, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that, that, that needs to I. – they're just going to – this will be a big offseason
10: is the point. Well, thank you, Lyndon. Yes, I had to get it off my chest. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I'm going to watch oh, Snowfall now. Of course. Have a good one. Thank you, brother.
0: All right. I'm going to move through a couple more people than i got to go. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, Ike.
11: Hey, Kirk. How's it going, man? It's
0: good. I'm reading the comments on my final recap of Mavs Moneyball, and there's a hundred of 170 comments in less than an hour, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> people yeah. are mad.
11: Uh, anyway was, how you doing uh, what's going on uh some, something, something's wrong with my audio but um yeah it's you know uh it's it's bittersweet uh definitely there were opportunities throughout the series to you know turn our favor but i just like it's it, it's kind of annoying like with other fellow mass fans and just the calls to Fire Rick, fire Rick, and again, it's just like I know they too. It's like okay, and replace them with whom? So of course, it's like Rick warrants criticism, right? And I heard you speaking earlier about you know uh, with another another guy that came up on stage, kind of referencing like okay, we drafted two guys, they got little to no clock, especially you know Josh Green and stuff like that. I mean, that's a conversation that should be had as far as like of course minutes need to be earned and stuff like that, but. You know, first-round picks, they, they need to get, you know, some more experience and things of that sort or whatever. But, listen, we have a good coach, one that actually makes in-game adjustments. But I saw a coach today that was just grasping for straws. Like, sure. he was just realizing a lot of the guys on the team just weren't playable to the extent that we're going to put us over the top to, to beat a, a well-rounded uh, Clippers team that was hitting their stride just right at the right time. And that's what you would expect from, like, veteran-laden teams. You would think that, hey, if they're given opportunities at some point, you know, they're going to figure it out, and the law of averages is going to start teetering back their way. So, you know, they shot 47% from three. We were at 30%. So uh, I I guess if there's, like, a bittersweet or, like, a consolation, it's like (laughs) there's a ton of fucking pressure on the front office. Yes. And it's kind of like it's about time because it's, it's almost like they've just been coasting. And I guess a part of me and I'm, I guess I'm in a vent mode right now is like I see what they're doing. They're doing the same thing to Luca that they did to Dirk, where they just it's almost like they're approaching the off season. It's just like, I don't know, just surround uh, a generational talent with borderline talent. Right. Not don't try and get as much talent. Accumulated on the team, and just let let our generational talent, you know, figure it out. And it, it's it's leaving me speechless. So I I just feel like this is like bittersweet, but it's a good thing because there's going to be a ton of pressure on the front office this off season. Like they they can't just you know hang their hats on acquiring a Josh Richards and and thinking that's a great off season. Like no, you're going to have to upgrade. I I don't know how feasible it is, and I look forward to you know the conversations. Uh, that you'll have, as far as the, the various locker rooms you'll have, as far as like you know potential acquisitions, what the Mavs need to do in the direction they'll go in the off. Yeah. But you know, I don't know how feasible it is to get like a legitimate uh, another star, but they need to improve their their role players, that's for sure. For sure,
0: it is going to be a really really interesting off season. All right, Ike, uh, thank you for hopping on. Appreciate it. All right, folks, I never like to cut these short because you all are just wonderful. I like to get to as many people as possible. I do call it group therapy for a reason because I want people to get stuff off their chest. But unfortunately, I have to go. Um, I will figure out a regular posting schedule relatively soon. We will be back in here talking about these guys. Uh, the, The Mavericks are fun. The off seasons are wild. That's when we get in the most arguments, um, I think, because in-season stuff, it's always just on to the next one. Uh, I appreciate you all support and joining this sort of thing. Tell your friends. This is a lot more fun of an app than people really are willing. They're, they hear about it like, oh, why are we doing this? Well, it's, its I thought it was stupid too, but then I joined it, and I'm having a great time. Uh, we'll probably see so it's Sunday night. I'll probably have one. We'll probably hop on Wednesday or so. I need a couple of days break. Um, but we'll talk soon. You guys are great. Uh, everyone have a better start to your week.